How are we doing this morning? Is everybody done with their Christmas shopping? How many of you are going to purchase Amazon Prime tomorrow? Might be a good investment. Well, um, it's a it's a crazy time of the year, Christmas. Um, so I, I want to. I'm curious. We're going to see uh, if we can find a winner here this morning. Okay, how many Christmas parties have you been to this year? Okay, if you think, some of you are like, I need some time to count. You can, if you want, you can count last night if you were here. It was a Christmas party. I ate some food and hung out and sang some songs and celebrated. How many Christmas, uh, how many have been to one? One Christmas party. Two. Three. Rick's back there still counting. <laughs> Four. Okay, I'm, I'm still going. Six. We still got a hand up. Seven? Wait, she's been to six. You've been to seven. Okay, okay. Seven. Eight, you've been to eight or seven? Seven or eight. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, a lot of Christmas parties. What was your favorite one? Now I won't make you answer that. <laughs> well, um... Christmas is one of those times of the years where it's, there's just a lot going on. Um, a lot of parties, a lot of things celebrated. And honestly, there's a lot of times where Christmas, I feel like the older I get, the more complicated it seems to get. The more that's thrown at you, and maybe it's just more perspective or how I'm seeing things differently. Um, we all have different ways that you handle gifts, Right? Like how you give gifts to your friends or your kids or your parents and, you know, where you draw the line and how much you spend or how much you don't spend or kind of some parameters around what you're going to get. You guys do lists? Like, have your kids write a list or you, like, for your parents or friends want to know what... um, Amazon is a great way to do lists, online lists. So uh, every year... Um, at Thanksgiving time, I get this message from my mother-in-law that basically says, you better get me a list because I'm going Black Friday shopping um, or you're not going to get any gifts. Um, growing up, you know, mom was always like, hey, what do you guys want? Make a list. Um, there's, there's been so many different ways that Danielle and I have tried to tackle, okay, what, how do we do this as parents um, as far as, as our kids? Well, um, so there's a way that we've decided to do gifts this year. Um, it's probably, maybe some of you do it, maybe some of you heard about it, um, but it's really a simplified approach. Um, something you want, something you need, something you wear, something you read. Anybody heard of that? Something you want, something you need, something you wear, something you read. So we went to our kids and asked them to give us some ideas of, of those types of things, just to really try to simplify it for them. And so, um, as that's kind of been... Um, rattling around in our minds, um, I want to use that this morning to kind of set the framework for talking about the love of Christ. Really, as we celebrate Advent, um, I want to use these four ideas to set um, kind of a structure for our time this morning. Um, because here's, here's what we're doing. 
Um, as you know, we're, we're celebrating the birth of Christ. Um, we lit a candle, and that was um, great problem solving there, uh, Charlie and Sue. Well done uh, on, the, on the, the candle up here. That was fantastic. Um, we, we, we've been lighting these candles to celebrate what we're, what we're going to light here when I'm done is the Christ candle. Um, John wrote in 114 when he said, the, the word put on flesh and he made his dwelling among us. So he came to earth. That's what we celebrate all the time, but especially at Christmas, that he came to earth, that he became one of us, that he put on flesh, literally means tabernacled among us, lived among us. Um, the Christmas story that we're familiar with um, in Luke 2 says you will find a baby wrapped, swaddled up. You know, if you've had a baby, you, uh, you've seen we swaddle babies up because they like to be tight in their blanket. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So we celebrate. That's why we're here. This idea, this truth, the gospel that God came in the form of a child. That he humbled himself to the lowest possible point in the person of Jesus Christ. God sent his love. He gave, gave the greatest gift, literally the person of Christ, himself to us. Listen to how it's put in 1 John 4. It says, this is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God. I think, I think we, can, we can miss that, right? Like we can focus our attention sometimes on like, man, I want to I love God more, which isn't a bad thought, right? Like we should talk about that. We should consider that. But if the foundation, if we make the foundation of the gospel like our pursuit of loving God more, then we've missed the gospel because the truth as we see here is it's not that once upon a time we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. So that's why we're here. That's what we're celebrating. I want to use this framework of want, need, wear, read. Um, so let's talk about want. Want. Okay, here we go. Um, what's something you want for Christmas? Something you want for Christmas? Oh, come on, <laughs> Pastor Rick. Peace on Earth. Well done. Oh, wait, a rifle? Is that what I? A rifle in case that doesn't work out. There we go. Maybe we should shut this down right now. You know how you kind of plan for what's going to be said, you know, uh, to kind of move forward. Those, neither of those two were on my radar at all. At all. What's something you want for Christmas? Wow. Okay. So, um... I'm going to tell you I'm a, about how, how nerdy I am here. So um, I love this, this, uh, this software called Evernote. I won't go into it. You can look it up yourself. Um, but they've come out with this notebook that allows you to, uh, it's, it's kind of a notebook slash planner that's designed um, to take photographs and then import them into this digital software. Anyway, sorry, I'm a nerd and uh, type A and uh, I plan and keep calendars and 
my college roommates made fun of me all the time for how many calendars and the colors. And anyway, um, so it's something I want. I, even in my uh, Amazon list, I put like star, star, star. This is like, I really, really, really want this. Really, really want this. Um, <laughs> you guys are like, weird, <laughs> weird. <laughs> I just want that rifle. Um, The Bible has a lot to say about our wants. The Bible has a lot to say about this idea of what we desire. When we think about wants, we're thinking about like desires, like what's inside of us. Like what is it that like keeps us awake at night, that we yearn for, that we long for? Um, so about a month ago, we had our kids sit down with a magazine of kids' toys, and we said, I want you to circle the toys that you want for Christmas. <laughs> you know exactly where this is going. Okay, and, uh, and so, like, I don't know, probably on average, every page maybe had, I don't know, 15 items on it. We'll just go with that number, 15 items, like, like that you could potentially circle. And I would say, um, on average, there was probably one item per page that was not circled, <laughs> right? So, like, you might as well just put a circle on the front of the magazine or set the magazine on the ground and circled it. Because they're like, I want everything. I want everything, which is, which is fun and which is, which is funny. Um, but when we're thinking about wants, when we look at the Scriptures, Paul warns us about some things that are problematic about our desires, that are problematic about the things that, that like ache within us or that maybe we really, really, really want. Um, a passage that comes to mind is Romans 7, where Paul writes and he says, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin, for I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had said, you shall not covet. So this picture of like yearning and longing in an idolatrous way, like this, is, this will save me, this will change me, like this is it. If I could only have this thing or what they have, coveting, but sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandments, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. So really, we know this. We have to be very careful in the Christmas season that Christmas doesn't hijack our wishes. Now, like, hear me. Like, There's nothing wrong with Christmas lists. There's nothing wrong with asking for things. There's nothing wrong with wanting things. Right? But what, what Scripture warns us and cautions us to is a, is a picture of wanting and desiring that trumps all other desires. A picture of coveting. Like this owns me. This consumes me. And really a fundamental issue of believing that, gosh, if I only had, then. I think that's the picture of, of coveting. Uh, Jesus says in Luke 12, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So the things we gather, the things we have, the trinkets and toys, they're not inherently sinful. But if we use those things to, to begin to define our... Oh, I don't... She has that, but I don't. Gosh, man. Like, I gotta get that. 
Like you see what I'm saying? If that begins to define our worth, if that begins to be how we see our value, what we want to pursue, we're beginning to say this is where life is at. Because a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So, okay, uh, here's the test. Um, How many of you could name like three or four things you got for Christmas last year? Want one thing? Somebody's going to, I'm going to prove him wrong right here, right? Okay, um, and probably some of you are like, I can't even, I don't even know where it's at. Right? Okay, so think about that, okay? If we're not careful, the consumeristic culture that's warring for our attention, that's marketing our money and our souls more or less, will push us to believe this lie that you just got to get. Now listen, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with owning nice things. There's nothing intrinsically wrong with driving a nice car, with living in a nice house, with having the newest whatever. There's nothing intrinsically wrong. Okay, so hear me, hear me here, okay? But we have to be careful when we think about our wants and our desires and the, and the concerns and the things that Scripture brings to our attention. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What is that saying? What is that talking about? It's talking about satisfaction. Okay, it's talking about, like, I'm satisfied in Him. Like, above everything else. Like, he is enough. Okay? Because here's the truth. What we buy, it's going to wear out. If you don't break it, someone else is going to break it. If you have kids, there's a decent shot they're going to have a chance at it, no matter how hard you protect it or how hard you work to make sure it's safe. And here's all I want to challenge us to this morning. Is in the midst of this week... And we think about Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This picture of, man, what satisfies us? Listen, don't lose sight of that this week. Don't. As you, as you celebrate with your families, as you give gifts, some of you already have, as you open presents, man, do those things. Enjoy those things, but don't lose sight and don't let those around you lose sight of what, our, what God designed our desires to be triggered by. How God designed us to function and live with Him alone being the ultimate satisfaction that we have. Um, okay, need. Something you want, something you need. Okay, here we go. So what's something you need this year? Socks. Always. Growing up, it's like every year. You get socks for Christmas, right? Come on, Mom. Really? Underwear. Underwear. Absolutely. And it's one of those things that's like you open them up and you're like, 
They're like, hold them up. You're like, you're videoing. You know, this is going to come back later. But dad's like, look what I got. You know, like, it's all really dad. It's, it's, it's kind of this interesting thing because when you talk about need, like, there's a little bit that's subjective in that. Right? Like, I could tell you, one of the things on my list this year is a digital forehead thermometer. Okay? Does anybody have one of those? Okay, if you don't have kids, like, you won't understand, like, you're just sticking your mind. Okay, so, um, like, I'll call that a need. Okay, it can be, it's probably more of a want, it's probably, like, it's convenient, trying to get a child to keep the thermometer in their mouth or under their arm, or, the, I mean, those are the only two locations we're working with, okay? <laughs> All right, um... It's, it's just easier. Then they can talk, they can, it's just easier. Okay? But the interesting thing about needs is, is that there's some subjectivity to them. Um, like your kids telling you they need a cell phone. Really? Need. I need a PlayStation 4. I need it. Right? And it's like, well, we could argue against that. I don't know if we could argue against Al needing socks. Maybe. Christy? No. Um, but there's some subjectivity to it. Okay, let's think about something for a second. Um, let's think about the sun. Do we need the sun? Yeah, we do. Okay, we know there, there's a certain gravitational pull to the sun that as... The planets orbit the sun. Literally, the sun is holding the planets on their course. Okay? And if the sun would, would cease to have that gravitational pull, the, the planets would begin to orbit outside of how God designed it. Okay? We need the sun. And we need the exact measurements. Any closer problem. Any further away problem. Okay, another thing about the sun is that there is protective magnetic field around our solar system that the sun puts off that protects different particles that are flying through space and protects us from radiation outside the Milky Way galaxy. And it deflects them from us. It literally protects us. So when we think about need... Without the sun, we literally die. We literally die. Now, many of our needs are first world problems, right? <laughs> first world needs. And when you think about Scripture, you think about needs. I, I love this picture. It's talking about the sun. Do you know there's a day that we won't need the sun? Revelation. Revelation 21. Here's what it says. And the city, talking about the New Jerusalem... It says, and the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. There will come a day when the, one of the very things that's keeping us alive... We won't need. Why? Because God's what we need. Our greatest need is the Son of God, Christ. 
who came to this earth as a baby to destroy sin and death. He lived a perfect life and he died for you and for me. And that's what we celebrate. That's what this final candle depicts is the love of Christ that comes this Christmas. The greatest need that we have. So this week, as you think about Christmas, and you open presents, and you think about, man, I needed this. It's the very same picture that Rick talked about a second ago. We talked about, man, without your help, we could not have provided. Like, I needed your help to provide these gifts for my kids. Our greatest need is a Savior. Our greatest need is the person of Christ. Our greatest need is God destroying the war in our hearts between us and Him. Paul writes it this way in Philippians 4, And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ. Do you, like, do you believe that? Like, so we have these words on a page. Like, like, think about it. Think about, like, what you're walking through, what you're doubting, what your fears, what your insecurities are. And then take the truth of Philippians 4.19. God's going to supply my needs. God's going to meet my needs. Does that mean it's going to go the way you want? Probably not, right? But like God's going to supply them. My God will supply my needs. How? According to how I want? No, according to his riches and glory, which is what you need, which is what I need. Psalm 34, 9 and 10 says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. Gosh, that, like, think about that for a second. Like, we could go around the room, and we could begin talking and speaking, and I could get a whiteboard, and we could begin writing down, like, what's lacking in your life that you need more of? Like, scripture says that those who fear the Lord have no lack. Now listen, are there times in our life where we don't walk in the fear of the Lord? where we walk in pride, where we walk in sin, other times in our life where we don't walk in trusting and we don't find God to meet our needs because we're not looking to him to meet our needs. We're trying to meet our own needs. Absolutely. All the time. It goes on and says, young lions suffer want and hunger. Picture that. Picture a young lion like going after its prey. Just the, the desire and the drive behind that animal. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. God's like, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. Like that's the hope of the love of God in Christmas is I'm going to take care of you. And it's going to be through a means that you probably never would have imagined or never would have dreamed up that a baby would rescue you. 
that God was put his love within our reach. That's the truth. All of our needs are met in the gospel. All of them. And to the extent that we run outside of our pursuit of a good, loving, providing God. And we try to meet our own needs. We try to use our own wisdom. We try to go our own way. We're in a lack. My God's like, run to me. Like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. So we got things we want, things we need, things we wear. Uh, anybody ask for clothes for Christmas? I know all the ladies did. So I specifically, this was, um, I think, the last two Christmases, I specifically on my list put this. No clothes that have the word skinny on them. Okay, like literally, like last year, I got these skinny jeans from my mom, and I'm like trying to put these things on, and I just felt absolutely violated. I was like, there's, like, there's no way, like... I don't want to wear these in front of my wife. No. Um, like, and so I was like, I gotta, I gotta make it clear. Okay, I apologize. Um, if you're into that type of thing, I'll pray for you. Um, <laughs> clothes. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, some jokes uh, John mentioned uh, underwear. It's one of those things that every year that, like, especially boys, um, it's like, oh, cool. You know, like, my kids, when they open presents, um, they open like a shirt, and what do they do? Next, <laughs> literally, like toss it over. Like I don't, like I don't. Like, okay, thanks, mom. Like, could this not have been a Christmas present? Could this have been like a just put those over there, and I'll you know, I'll wear those when I need them. But um, I just need some toys. Um, like, I mean, that's how I was as a kid. I, I hated getting clothes. I and mean, we used to like shake the box. Like, really, that's a shirt. Awesome. I'll open that one later. Where's the good stuff? Um, Scripture, all over the Bible, uses this picture of spiritual clothing. All over the scriptures, we see this spiritual image of clothing. And for the Christian, the picture is this, that when we, by faith, through God's grace, when we surrender to Christ, literally, God gives us his righteousness. The perfect life of Christ is granted to us based on the shed blood of Jesus. It's given to us. And the picture is that we're clothed. Okay? And it becomes an identity. It becomes this is who we are. We're clothed in the person of Jesus Christ, in the righteousness of Christ. Romans 13, 14 says, put on Christ and make no provision for the flesh. So the extent that we're making provision for the flesh, what are we doing? We're not putting on Christ. We're not walking in our identity. We're walking in the flesh. It's an identity do you think about clothing you need? The, the clothing that should be forefront of our mind is the righteousness of Christ. Is that we would be people that are, that are clothed, and we are, but we would live in that. Um, listen to how the writer of 2 Corinthians, listen to how Paul puts this. 
2 Corinthians 5, talking about what we wear. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So it's talking about like eternal hope. Some eternal relationship that is our, our home. Literally where we're headed. Relationship with God. Heaven. A house not built with hands. Eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan. Okay, it's like, like in our bodies. It's like, man, these this clothes are too tight. There's holes in them. They don't fit. They're ugly. I don't even like how they look on me. Like, have you had those experiences? Not just with clothes, but like even in like the spiritual realm, even in the spiritual world, even in trying to pursue Christ, there's this aspect where we groan. Like in this body, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. What's that saying? Okay, it'd be pretty shameful and embarrassing to run around naked. But here's what it's talking about. Spiritually speaking, it's talking about trying to walk in your own righteousness. It's talking about trying to actually walk in your own strength. I can think this through. God, I don't need your help. I'll let you know if I need your help. But I can, I can figure this out. Like, I can walk in my own power, my own wisdom, my own strength. God, I'm pretty good at this righteousness thing. I'm a good kid. That was me all growing up. And still where I run. And God's like, no, you will never even come close to ever being good enough. So stop trying. I clothe you in my righteousness for a reason. Verse 4, for while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So think about this. The, the burdens, the troubles, the hard times in life, what do they do? They point us to this picture of our need for Christ, of our need for a Savior, of our need for God. I don't understand, but I know you're God, okay? That it's not that we clean ourselves up to go to God. It's that God's the only one who can clean us. He's the only one who can perfect us. He's the only one who can change us. So stop trying to clean yourself up. Like that's why God sent his love. That's why God sent his son if you're trying to fix your problems or you're trying to fix the world's problems, if you're trying to fix our current problems in our community, apart from the love of Christ, it'll fail. But here, here's what's interesting. As I, as I studied this, as Danielle and I were even talking about this passage, is that even in this picture of the love of God, we, we possess an incomplete picture. And we've, we experience an incomplete giving of the love of God. And here's what I mean by that. is because the fullness of God's love will be fully realized in the consummation of all things in the end. 
Okay, the, like the, the ability to understand and comprehend, it's that verse that talks about now we, we know in part and we see in part, but there'll come a day where we'll no longer know in part or see in part, but we'll see everything perfectly. That the clothing that God provides in his son, that even then, heaven, what happens? It says we're going to get resurrection bodies that will no longer groan. Even as people that fully seek to rely upon God, you're going to meet my needs. That will no longer groan. That will no longer fear. Why? Because we'll have a full understanding of the love of God. So God's love in some part is waiting. Where heaven we will receive Resurrection bodies and the consummation of all things. Um, I, before we go into the last one, I, I fundamentally think that where we wrestle with doubt and fear and sin as Christians, here's where I think we miss it. Here's where I think I miss it. It's, it's right here on this one. It's a failure to understand our identity. Like, that's it. Like, you want to press into something? Maybe you're doing like 2015, New Year's, you know, like, let's focus on, here's what you need to focus on. Understanding your identity in Christ. Understand what it means that you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Like, it's a game changer. And if we could just get our minds right, if I could just get my, if I could live in that truth, the, this is how God, this is the identity I have in Christ. Gosh, it's powerful because here's what it is. You no longer walk around naked in your own power and in your own strength, but you walk around clothed with the Spirit of God. Okay? You have the authority of the power of God in your soul by His Spirit. So you're walking around under His authority as His representative. So it doesn't matter what people say to you. Why? Because you know how God views you. It doesn't matter what people think of you because you know you're absolutely adored. By your king, who sent his son, sacrificed his only son to say, I love you. And we can walk around naked and we can walk around in our own strength and in our own power and wear what we think is going to get us through the day. Or we can clothe ourselves in what God's designed us to wear as his people and find a power and a strength that's going to change who we are and how we live. And in turn, it's going to change the story that's sent out and that people read in our lives. That's the fourth one is read. Do you guys like books? Any readers? Readers in the room? Um, do you ask for books for Christmas? Does anybody ask for like, uh, like e-books? Is that, is that like getting a gift or not? Like, should you just ask for, like, an Amazon gift card? Like, you know. It's like, if you don't get a gift to open, is it a gift? Like, you know what I'm saying? But like, if, do you ever, like, wrestle with that? Like, I feel like every time I go to Amazon and I go to buy a book, like, I love books. Um, I have way too many. Um, but every time I go to Amazon, I'm like, okay, paperback? Because there's something about holding it in your hand, right? There's something about, like, being able to see it. And like, some of you, like, young people are like, what are you talking about? Um... But, the, but there's also something nice about, like, when I'm sitting in car line, like, I can read a book. When I'm in the bat, no, um, TMI. Right? And so, like, it's this wrestling. Anyway, well, you can give me your thoughts and input. 
I'll probably, probably never figure it out. Um, but books, reading. Here's the, here's the crazy thing. Um, actually, let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians. Check this out. This is powerful. Because you probably could have guessed where I was going with something you want and something you need and, and maybe something you wear, but you're like, where is he going to go with something you read? Um, this, is, this is incredible. 2 Corinthians 3. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Let's just stop right there. Here's what it's saying. Are we living our lives in such a way where it's like, like, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Look at the story I'm writing. Look at what I'm accomplishing. That's what it's talking about. Commendation. Way to go. Way to go. Look at me. Or do we need as some do letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letters of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So, so here's, here's the story. Here's, here's the journey. Is that So God is wanting to transform this view of what we want. And where we pursue wants and desires that are idolatrous and that, that fall back on us, like we're going to fall flat on our face. But what he's doing is he's working in us the truth of the gospel to not only transform our wants, but to begin to see that the only thing that will ever meet our needs is him in the gospel. And that when we rest in the clothing that he gives us, the righteousness of Christ that he clothes us with, the identity he gives us, it not only changes who we are, but it enables us to live out a story that's about him. Listen, a story that when people look at us, they read hope. That when people see our lives, they're reading the hope of Christ, the hope of the gospel. Like that's, that's the truth because, listen, if there's ever a time where I feel like it's more alarming and we're more aware, it's now in what's going on in our community and in the midst of that, listen, the world needs to, to see people, namely the church, Living out the story of God. That when they look at us, there's a reflection. And as they read our lives, there's the truth. Not that it's a story of ink and it's a story of the finite and the temporary. But there's something eternal. There's something deep. There's something that's lasting and can actually make an impact. To bring hope. And to change. It's incredible to think that God enables us and sets us free to live out his story. Gosh, how foolish are we to live out our own? How foolish are we to try to embrace commending ourselves and pursuing our own journey apart from 
God, write your story. Use my life that when people would look at me, you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered to the world, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Listen, I know we're, we're going to be inundated this week. And many of us already are. But here, here's my challenge as I, as I wrap up. Be intentional. Be intentional this week. To embrace the truth of the love of God through the baby, Christ. And that our wants would be transformed and our needs would be seen as Christ and meeting them when we would teach and rest in the identity we have in the clothing of Christ and that we'd live out a story that's read by each other because we need to be reminded of the gospel by each other but to the world they would say, gosh, why, like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you making this store and giving us gifts for next to nothing? And there's tears in their eyes because they don't know how to say thank you. Listen, gosh, that's, that's living the story out. And here's the, here's the awesome thing. I know so many of you do that day in and day out. Because it's awesome for us to be here and like, and Rick and I were texting last night. I was like, man, we got to say well done to you guys. Like, like you poured yourself into what happened yesterday in the affordable Christmas. You poured yourself like into it. And it was awesome. And to God be the glory. But here's the awesome thing, is that I know so many of you, day in and day out, like this is who you are. Like you're living that out. You're trying to project the story of the gospel to the people around you, to be read. Not that, look at me, look at what I'm doing. Man, I serve a God that's, that's gracious and loving. That's what Christmas is about. Let's be intentional this week about living in that and sharing that. Uh, let's pray and prepare to respond to the Lord. Father, I thank you for your love. It is an amazing thing to be prized by the God of heaven. It's an amazing thing too, even in our filth. And the times we fail so often, we pursue our own wants and needs and we walk void and naked of the Spirit's clothing in our life. You're faithful to call us back. to live out a story that's read by the world, to be transformational to hearts. God, would you make it transformational in our own hearts this time of year that we wouldn't miss the point as we celebrate Advent. God, thank you for your word. In Christ's name, amen.